I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Episode 55 of the Canto by Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Just uh, relaxing on this Sunday morning afternoon for you. So, How was your week? My week was good. Full of fun activities and food. My parents are away for the weekend, so I've been partying it up here. No, kidding. Um, no, Carlos came down. We went to the zoo. We went. We had good food. So we went to this brewery where they batter their onion rings mm-hmm. with with pancake batter. Oh, they're really good. It sounds good. I like onion rings. I know, like, it tasted like something that you'd get from, like, a fair, because, you know, the fairs, like, they do everything, like, deep fried, so, like, that was interesting. It was really good. Like, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. But, but yeah, week's been good. Start school in a week, so. Mm. But, how are you? How's your week been? Um, it's been, it was okay. Um. It was a week. Hmm. Well, uh, hopefully the week after will be better. And we have some Star Wars news, though. Yeah, we do. We finally got a Resistance trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we know that the show is going to premiere... On Sunday, October 7th at 10 p.m. with a one-hour episode that seems a little bit late for your kids' show. I mean, I know they re-air this shit like a billion times, but it's weird that they would do the premiere at 10 and not like 7. Yeah, I know. That's something I found interesting, too, like that 10 p.m. time. But I don't know. Like, maybe... Maybe all the time slots are ticking up for all the shows at maybe like eight or nine o'clock because they think Sunday is like prime for kids. Like I would guess like Sunday is at like seven or seven thirty would be like the prime time for TV shows. But 10 p.m. Hmm. Well, that's because that's seven o'clock p.m. like Eastern time, right? Well, yeah, but isn't isn't it 
Disney one of the ones that does both East Coast and West Coast feeds? Yeah, because I'm able to watch um, both feeds. So I don't know, though, but... It's funny. I haven't really seen a lot of people talk on Twitter about that. Obviously, they've been talking about other things about the show on Twitter, but I was expecting the 10 p.m. time slot to be a little, but at the same time, like Rebels came back on Disney XD like last or the, their last season and aired at like midnight or something. So I don't know. I guess Disney just doesn't like these Star Wars shows. Well, I guess it also just maybe, maybe with kids' shows, it doesn't, your premiere doesn't matter as much. Yeah, probably. Maybe maybe they figure a lot of people are watching like on the app mm-hmm. later anyway. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably where they're getting most of their views is the you know on like the Disney apps and everything cuz you know kids always have their little iPads and they're watching, you know, like YouTube or sorry, I have like really bad jaw pain today. So, if you hear me being like, "Ow," <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but I don't know. But um, what was your first reaction or first thoughts after seeing the trailer? I already find the main dude really annoying. (laughs) And it seems a bit close to to like a retread of Ezra. Yeah. Can you please hate watch this? (laughs) Are you going to watch this? I mean, I'll watch the first episode. I'm not going to continue to watch something I don't like, but... <laughs> but Poe's in it. You'll get some Poe, maybe. Yeah, I do like Poe. Um, yeah, the sort of, like, super eager, like, hotshot main character I find really tiresome, and it seems to be, like, what every single kid show is built around. Um... But, I don't know, like, I like, I like the pose in it. Um, oh, we now know that uh, Leia's going to be in it at least a little bit, because somebody whose name I don't know announced on Twitter that they're voicing her for the show. Yeah, I saw that. Um, here, let me try to, I think I liked the tweet. So let me go find out who it is that will be playing Princess Leia or Leia Organa. I always put princess because to me she's royalty. Let's see. I like that some of the, it looks like a lot of the other characters are aliens. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. I have really mixed feelings on the animation. Um, Like the first time I watched the trailer, I'm like, oh, I like this. Cause I like that they went with a completely different style but when I was rewatching it, I'm like, I like what they were going for, but the actual results seem pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't expect anything mind blowing from, you know, like the animation. So, I mean, like, I'm not very surprised. Like, I really don't think that they're spending a lot of money on the show other than, you know, getting the voice the voice actors for Poe and if Captain Phasma, like think about like how much they're having to pay them for that. Well, I mean, it depends how much they're in it and what they're, were their 
contracts were for Star Wars in the first place. But I don't know. I also just feel like I, there's something really so just kind of like muddy looking about it. Hmm. But I don't know, though. The, the thing that I think is really interesting is that the animation style, it's different, but it's definitely different than a lot of shows on the Disney Channel. Because a lot of the shows on the Disney Channel now are very like, you know, like they're like human or like actual people and like the comedy stuff. So it's interesting. Like I would almost think with this like type of animation style, they would only put it on like Disney XD because that's where they have like all like their Marvel stuff and everything. And I'm trying to think like what else is on Disney XD. I don't know. I only watched it for Rebels, but. I don't know. Like I that that's probably also why like they got that late time slot on the Disney Channel was because, you know, it's a different animation style. They don't know how audiences will react to it. They know that obviously audiences will watch it because it's Star Wars and those who want to consume everything Star Wars will obviously, you know, watch this and give it a try. So and Rachel Butera is the actress that is voicing Leia Organa. So okay. I wonder how much or how little we'll see her. I'm surprised we got, well, obviously we got a lot of Poe in this trailer because like they're trying to reel people in like, hey, we have people from the actual movies in this. So, well, that's sort of your way like into the show. Like you show Poe and BB-8 so people know that they're watching a Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so the basic setup seems to be, like, this kid is a, a pilot and Poe tasks him with, in addition to, like, being part of this, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, squadron. Mm-hmm. He's also, like, supposed to be figuring out who in the squadron is loyal to the Resistance and who isn't. Yeah, it seems very goofy and kiddish. Like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like a bunch of like people on Twitter were like, this looks like a kid show. <laughs> yeah, like, it does look like a kid show. Guess but, what, guys? I <laughs> it's mean, a kid show. Yeah, which doesn't necessarily. I mean, there are plenty of kid shows that I like. I just watched this season finale of DuckTales and it made me cry and it was really good. But, I mean, they're, you know, just saying it's a kid. But these, should, like, people weren't being like, oh, you know, I think it looks like a bad kid show, which is, you know, which is a fine complaint to be like, oh, I don't like the animation or, oh, I don't like this or that. But to just be like, I'm mad that it is a kid's show is is really stupid. Yeah, and uh, it's like... People are always mad about things, and I've accepted that. But it's interesting because, like, shows like this, like, it kind of matures with the audience. Like, you know, like, Clone Wars and Rebels, like, it got slowly a bit mature, like, as time went on. But at the same time, because this is on the Disney Channel, I feel like it's not going to grow with audiences, even though it is also on Disney XD. The fact that it's on the actual Disney channel, I feel like the maturity levels kind of differ with the Disney channel and Disney XD. But 
who knows? But because it's like I just remember being a kid and watching the stuff on Disney Channel and like nothing was really like very like deep. Well, obviously, like times like we got serious at times, but the rest of the stuff was just like goofy and like silly, you know, so I don't know. The sort of I'm I don't know. The silliness in the trailer is interesting because the whole like you're going to be a spy on your own squadron thing is so inherently not silly and I gotta say, b- because the idea of spies within the resistance is a story that I've like, I've wanted that that type of story for a long time, and so the fact that it's on this kid show that I'm probably not gonna like really annoys me because <laughs> if they're doing it there, they're not gonna do it anywhere else. <laughs> I love how he's like so excited to be like a spy for the resistance too. Like I'd be fucking terrified if you gave me that shit. Like here, Brittany, be a spy. Like I, I can't keep secrets. Like no. Uh, but um, I forgot all the names of the other characters because oh, I never knew them. I, I forgot all the names, so I'm going to resistance. Go on oh, our good friend Wikipedia. And just spur out some names and get some first name impressions. All right. So there's Orca. There's Tam Rivara. There's okay. Jarek Jaeger. There's Tora Doza Niku. Hype Fazon Flix and Leia Organa. Lots of mm-hmm. Star Wars names. But I wish, like, they had, like, the picture of, like, the actor, like, playing the person. Because it's, like, I want to know, because, like, there are a bunch of alien creatures in this, or aliens in this show, which is pretty cool. Like, we finally get that. But it looks like there's, like, a human girl. So whenever there's a human girl and a human boy on a kid's TV show, ha ha ha, ha romance. No, it's usually that like cringy romance, like in the beginning Rebels with uh, how Ezra would always hit on Sabine and it was really cringy and awful. And I don't recommend going back and watching that. But Yeah, have no worries on that front. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, October 7th. I'm excited. Should be like cute. Like I'm excited for like the younger audience because I feel like with the younger audience, like with some people, like this might be their first taste into like Star Wars, and that's pretty cool. Like, you know, they're just a kid watching Disney Channel, and they're like, "What's this Star Wars Resistance?" But then, like, maybe they fall in love with like BB-8. Then that's their droid. Isn't that cool now that, like, you know, when we think of, like, droids in Star Wars, we think of, like, R2 and 3PO. And, like, kids, they probably think of, like, BB-8 or K2SO or something. Yeah, I like that. I think that's, I mean, it's nice that you have that evolution because otherwise nothing ever changes and your series dies. Yeah. And I love BB-8. BB-8's awesome. I know. What a good idea BB-8 was. 
Like, I wonder what the thought process went into it. They're like, let's just make them a circle. Well, it's pretty cool in terms of, like, the movement that it allows. I mean, the fact that they did so much, like, I mean, they built a BB-8. It's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I love whenever and they have I love whenever they have them like at award shows or press events. No, he always looks so clean and cute. Like I think a couple of actors like voice didn't like Bill Hader like voice BB-8 or something. Like I remember like hearing that somewhere. That, like some people would just make like beeping noises or something. I don't know. Um, BB-8 and, um, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Bill Hader's funny. He always does really good Star Wars impersonations. He can do a really good Tauntaun. Hmm. Well, oh, I'm glad we finally got news about Star Wars Resistance. Like, I think it was, like, last week. We're like, what the fuck? Where is Star Wars Resistance? But it, it's here just chilling. Yeah, and it's, you know, like, what, like, six weeks? Yeah. Wow. It's almost fall. I'm excited. I'm so done with this heat. It's been so bad. Yeah. <sighs> well, isn't that the time of uh, Comic-Con? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that's actually, like, that weekend. That's interesting. I wonder if they'll I wonder if they'll do a screening. Hmm. I would think so. They would probably do like a couple episodes because I think they did that with Rebels or they had something somewhere where they showed like a couple episodes of Rebels when it first was on and they're like, Here you go. Here's some Rebels. But But yeah, I don't know. Looks cute. Like good old star wars fun like i kind of predicted that it'd be kind of like that freemaker series so yeah can't wait to watch it on the television and uh talk about it but but yeah yeah it's always just sort of nice to have new star wars on no matter what yeah i always get excited when there's new Star Wars material, like seeing other people getting really excited about it. Like I was, I don't know, like I'm, you know, I think it's cool that we're getting like a new little TV show, but seeing people get really excited and seeing or hearing about people's kids getting really excited, like that always makes me feel happy. Yeah, that's nice. And like, even if I don't like the show, there's usually something that'll come out of it, like some little bit of a gore or some new interesting, like alien species or something. Yeah. Hmm. well anyways we got an excerpt from solo star wars story yeah from the from the novelization and it's you know it's like a new scene that wasn't in the movie and it's sort of because we know like han gotten some trouble with the imperial navy and we just sort of see it there you know it's him like disobeying orders and having like a military tribunal where he's Han and has been like a jackass. I mean, it's fairly typical. Like it was fine, but I'm sort of like, okay, I feel it, it didn't make me be like, oh, I do want to read this book after all. Hmm. You know, I've been thinking about Solo a little bit since, you know, 
It's coming out on DVD soon. And still, for some reason, Han Solo doesn't seem the type of guy that would join the Imperial Army just so that he can save his girlfriend in a couple years. Uh, like, yeah. I almost feel like there could have been more ways to put him in the Imperial Army, like him, like accidentally, like ending up there or something. Other than him being like, I gotta save my girlfriend, you know, like he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me. Like I get like the evolution of Han Solo, like you know that affected him, and that's because like that's who he is now. But and also at the same time, I feel like it was appropriate to show that hey, like Han Solo, he was also with other women. And especially at a young age, too. So that relationship must have, like, scarred him, and which is why he's so kind of guarded and kind of, like, bad boyish, you know? It's just such a... It's such a lazy motivation. Mm-hmm. Like, the, oh, it was because of a girl. I'm like, that... Try... Try anything else. I know. I wasn't expecting that from a Star Wars movie. Like, you know, in the beginning, I was very okay with it because I was like, cool, we haven't had any making out or any like romance shit in Star Wars in like 10 fucking years. And now we get this. And I was, you know, understandably excited at first, but now I'm just like, okay, he'd say he wanted to save his girlfriend. How beautiful. But now it's like, okay, well, like we probably will never know what's going to happen to Kira anyways. So it's kind of like, okay, I've accepted it. Like, I, I don't even know, like, when or how they're going to do, like, uh, a sequel to this. Do you think that they're ever going to touch back on this and be like, hey, this is what happened? Or, no, you think we'll get it in, like, books or yeah, comics? Comics or... wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, I, it might pop up in another movie, but it's, it's not going to be the plot. Of another movie. Like, it's not going to be the main focus, considering this movie didn't do very well. Yeah. You know, relatively speaking. Yeah, it's definitely not a movie that I see myself, like, sitting down rewatching. Like, I did that with Rogue One the other day. Like, I was bored, and I'm like, I'm just going to watch Rogue One. So, I don't know. Like, what's your go-to, like, Star Wars movie that you can watch, like, anytime, anywhere, in any circumstances? Um, probably Empire. Mm. Um, Force Awakens I can turn on. Because that one's a lot of fun. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. Mine is Rogue One and also The Phantom Menace. I used to always watch that at work when I first started my dispatching job. I used to always like do things, clean the office, and just have... The Phantom Menace on, which I watched it last night, and dude, that pod racing scene is too long. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> I don't like. I get that George Lucas probably wanted to make a really long, action-packed pod racing scene to just show off his like, look at what I can do with CGI. But like, goddamn man, like, could have made that like shorter like why did it have to be three long ass laps and of course like you had to have like the Tuscan Raiders you had to have a little Jawa going like you Dini 
And then you had to have like Jabba the Hutt, like do something, you know, like it just it was so packed with like these like little cameos. But at the same time, you had like Ara Singh just chilling like she didn't even do anything. Like, I, I think that's like the weirdest like cameo for like a person is that you just stand there and do nothing, especially for someone like Ara Singh and that people still are like, yeah, it's Ara Singh. But like she did nothing in this movie. I don't know. Gotta love George, though. Gotta love it. But it's crazy that that movie came out in, like, 19... It was 99, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I always get that... I always get, like, 99, 98 confused. But it just... It still looks good. Like, the battle droids still look good. Like, I think Jar Jar still looks good. Oh, man. But... I disagree so hard. Oh, really? I think... I, uh, I think... I think it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. You just think that they could have improved it, like in the. I I just think I think CGI like that just just tends to age really badly, and it all just looks like a cartoon now. I think sometimes it does because, like, usually I watch Star Wars on like my iPad or something, and this was like the first time in a long time that I've watched like Star Wars on like an actual like. You know, I have it on Blu-ray, so, like, actual Blu-ray, like, TV and everything. So, like, sometimes, like, Jar Jar's eyes would get all weird. It's something that I never noticed for some reason. Like, his eyes get kind of, like, cartoony, but I kind of ignored that. There's, like, a scene where Watto's talking to Qui-Gon, and it's, like, before. He's, like, oh, like, he's, like, hey, like, I, I don't want to go with this deal. Like, you cheated. And he's, like, oh, I'm going to go to the huts if you don't agree. And, like, Watto looked, like, so bad. But at the same time, like, didn't George agree, like, either before or after the Disney purchase that everything in all these movies that he touched up doesn't need any more touching up like he thought they were perfect. I don't know. I stopped paying attention to his opinions on things like that a long time ago. What do you think is his most like outrageous opinion? Well, I just think there's just it's honestly it's mostly like the little shit. Or it's like here let's put some more rocks in this scene. <laughs> his thought process i don't know like you want to perfect everything and i feel like sometimes when an artist or someone tries to perfect something so much that they just not that they ruin the painting but they just kind of like it just it feels like they're adding like too much like less is more sometimes you have to like tell someone that and you can't fucking tell george lucas that less is more because he's just gonna be like "Ah, i need more rocks or oh uh we need to add snoodles singing a song and return of jedi like, I wonder what went through his mind. Like, okay, I want there to be a musical number. Because he's like, yeah, because we had a musical number in uh, in uh, Temple of Doom. So why not add a musical number in this? You know, get someone to sing. Like, imagine getting the script for that. Or getting, like, the call saying, like, hey, man, uh, George Lucas wants you to record a song for our, and a cut of... Return of the Jedi. Like, what the fuck? I mean, look, I love a lot of what George... He, George is responsible for a lot of stuff that I really love, but he also yeah. needs people to tell him no. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah, I still... I feel like that affects, like, why... Not that Return of the Jedi is, like, not one of my, like, favorite movies, but I feel like that sometimes affects, like, why that's, like... A little lower at the list. It's just because of like the decisions George made on like some of the, you know, special editions, like the whole singing part. I forget like what else he like added or didn't add, but 
<sighs> I don't know. Poor man, Uncle George. But but I did just um off of Goodwill's online auction site, I bought a copy of the um like the last pre-special edition VHS set. You can still buy that? I mean, you can buy it used. You can buy stuff from Goodwill. There's a Goodwill.com? Yeah, well, there's shopgoodwill.com, which is sort of like eBay, but just for Goodwill. Oh, shit. I wonder if there are any porgs. I mean, I got an entire, like, I got the entire, like, DVD box set of The Sopranos for, like, 15 bucks, including shipping. And, like, two, the only thing wrong with it is, you know, like, two of the soundtrack discs are missing. Hmm. But I don't need the soundtrack because I ha- already have most of the songs or would I would just buy it, like, off iTunes anyway, rather than having a CD. But, but yeah, so I got, like, the, the box set of the movies. And it's supposed to come next week. Well, that's exciting. Hmm. I haven't watched the like non-special edition star wars movies in so many years like i remember i knew someone that had the vhs tapes of four five and six and i remember being able to see sebastian shaw like as anakin instead of hayden christensen i always thought that was really cool i always get sebastian shaw and sebastian stan mixed up (laughs) Like, I know one of them is, like, Darth Vader and one of them is Bucky. But, like, just their names are so similar. So, (laughs) Uh, but anyways, um, Emily, you watched The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, I did. I watched the last two of the, like, youngling adventures. What did you think? (sighs) Man, I wish Hondo was in, like, because I like Hondo, and I wish you could just, like, put that in a different, less children-infested episode. Because, like, Drunk Hondo is totally fun and awesome, and I'd watch that show. But then I got to deal with a bunch of annoying kids at a circus. But it was but it was only that one kid that was annoying, right? Like, the other kids were kind of okay. It was just that one I mean, human all, kid. Well, no. I mean, they're all vaguely annoying. But the human kid is the most annoying. But yeah, they saw mm-hmm. they go to rescue Ahsoka from Hondo. And, like, they, they managed to get in contact with Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan is going to send Cody to go get them. But then they get attacked by Separatists. And okay, here's something that uh, fucking goddamn Obi-Wan, man. Because he totally could have had Grievous, like, killed. Because Grievous, in, like, Grievous and his, his army end up taking over this ship, and Obi-Wan and everybody, like, abandons it. But Obi-Wan makes this, like, cocky ass hologram message for him, which is like hey grievous you took over my ship but i sell i set the self-destruct button ha 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 which gives grievous time to get on a, his own ship and run away whereas if he hadn't made that announcement 
he would have died. Hmm. So, uh, like, everything, basically everything afterward that the uh, Grievous does is on Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan totally could have just blown him up there and didn't because he's a cocky asshole. And had to give this, like, stupid-ass message to gloat. It's like, they could have perfected why it was so fucking hard to get Grievous or capture Grievous. But no, like, they're always having to do these episodes where it's like, Grievous gets away, and it's like, dude, you could have easily just, like, killed him or, like, surrounded him or blew him up or something, but... It's like they use the excuse of like it's a kid. Not that the excuse is a kid show. They just do that. Ha ha. We got you. And then just kidding. No, we don't. Like it just it gets old, like especially after like five seasons. Like I know that they had to keep it like so that because obviously the events of Revenge of the Sith. But they also did because you notice that Anakin and Grievous never meet in the Clone Wars because they kept that because in Revenge of the Sith, they're meeting for the first time, and that's when, you know, Grievous says, oh, I wish, or I thought you were a little bit older, Anakin. He's like, I thought you'd be taller. (laughs) Such a terrible line. (laughs) I loved when Obi-Wan was just like, he has a job to do, Anakin. Try not to upset him. I liked that. But. But it's just like, yeah, like, I realize that Grievous is always going to get away, but maybe not have it be because of the complete and utter stupidity of your main characters. Yeah. Because that doesn't make mm. Grievous more formidable if it's just because they're dumb and not because he's smart. I don't know. I wish that he would have been more, like, seen as more, like, scary. Because it's like, there was that Clone Wars... Like, it was, like, this, like, little series in, like, 2002, 2003. I'll probably have you watch it after The Clone Wars. It's just, it's, like, two hours long. It's, like, a little movie. Or you can, like, you can section it off where you watch, like, 30 minutes and review, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of each thing. But, like, they, the way that they introduced Grievous was, like, so, like, menacing and so scary. And I wish they would have, like, done that for the Clone Wars because it's just, like, it almost makes him seem, like, silly, you know? And he's just annoying. Like, I hate his fucking voice. I hate his dumb. Like, his laugh is super irritating and the cough, like, like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this character. I wish we knew the reason why he coughs a lot. Like, does he, like, homeboy needs cough drops or something. Like, Take him to a pharmacy, get him some cough drops or something. Like, I, I just, it should have been explained. It, they should have had it, like, where, like, he, his voice was just kind of, like, normal droid and then something happened. Or, like, someone, like, I guess, like, choked him or something. And then, like, that's why he coughs a lot is because, like, someone did something to him. But I just, like, listening <sighs> to somebody cough is, like, it's, like, it's irritating. Like, I don't understand, like, why you put that in your show. Like, it's not, it doesn't make him know. more interesting. It doesn't make him more menacing. It doesn't make him more anything. It's just horrible to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I it's not know, like it's but... an actual character trait. It doesn't add anything to his personality. <laughs> he has allergies. <laughs> He's just like us. He has allergies. <laughs> 
Yeah, but anyway, so then, you know, they rescue Ahsoka. And then the next episode is Grievous and the Separatists, um, like, showing up on the planet where Hondo and his pirate crew are. So then, of course, they join forces to defeat the Separatists and run away. And that's fine, because, again, like, Hondo's fun. And Hondo, like, kind of bonds a little bit with one of the little alien girls, and that's cute. Oh, yeah. But I, I, love, I love that Hondo... There's this great part where... Um, because all the other younglings except this little alien girl have managed to put their, their lightsabers together. And of all people, like, Hondo's the one who's encouraging her and being like, you can totally do this. Like, you've got it. And then, <laughs> like, after that happens, Ahsoka's like, what the hell, dude? And he's just like, like, well, he has this line about how, look, I don't, like, yeah, I'm a pirate, but at least I don't send little kids off to do my fighting. Which is amazing, because, I mean, it's, it's amazing for that reason. One is three episodes he was totally willing to kill these kids to steal their uh, crystals. But also, I any time they mention how fucked up the Jedi are, I like. Because Such it's irony. so fucked up. Hmm. I love that like flip flop mentality of like Hondo. Like the second he's like trying to steal their shit, and the other next he's other part he's like, oh yeah, like I support you. You got this. Like he's such a pirate. He's very, you know, he's very practical in terms of I'm gonna say whatever I gotta say to. I like his pragmatism. Yeah, I love and it. And they lampshade it in this episode because when Ahsoka calls it audit, he's like, yeah, well, this is how I'm feeling today. Tomorrow might be different. Hmm. But I'm not. I'm not sure what it. story is next. Hmm. Oh God, I think I know. Oh God, I think I know. I mean, it's probably something I like, but I know you won't. Clone Wars. Secret weapons. Five. Okay. Oh, I see droids. I see lots of okay. little droids. Um, uh, oh, it's the Steven Stanton arc. Okay, well, I like Steven Stanton, but I don't like all these droids that I'm seeing. Mm. Oh, no. R2-D2 is part of a team of Republic droids chosen for an important mission. Oh, no. Oh, God damn it. <sighs> okay, well, I'm pretty annoyed. Yeah, this is my least favorite arc of the whole Clone Wars series. Oh, and it's three episodes. Jesus Christ. But the next arc is the Mandalore arc, which is a really good arc, which is probably the one of the best arcs in Clone Wars. So you'll have fun with that. Okay. And then the arc after that is the last one of season five. So you're like literally almost done with the series. Good. <laughs> uh, well, 
I wish you uh, good luck on uh, the droid arc. There are some parts of it that are good, and okay, I'm not even I'm not even gonna talk about it anymore because I just I'm really excited to hear your opinion about this. But ugh, next week will be fun. Well, is it that time? Yeah, just a second. It's not ready yet. I gotta uh, get the thing. Oh, by the way, next week we have a guest. Yes! Oh, that was supposed to be a yes, but my voice decided to be like cracky. But yes, we do. Oh, shush. Okay, now we're ready. All right, let's do it. Be the main event, like no king was before. I'm brushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my raw. No one's saying do this, no one's saying be there, no one's saying stop that, no one's saying see here. Free to run around all day, free to do it my way. I just can't wait to be king. I just can't wait to be king beautiful yeah so it's time for monthly mendo movies we skipped last month but now we're back uh and this time we watched slow west which is from 2015 it was written and directed by a guy named john mclean who you will not know from anything because it's i mean he did besides a couple of shorts this is his one and only feature film and Honestly, you can kind of tell why. But I'm interested to hear what you thought of this. Okay, I will say first off, despite being on the like cover art for this movie, Mendo's in like two scenes. Yeah, he's not really in it that much. Like I think he showed up in like the first like 30 minutes, um, just on a horse, and then like 45 minutes pass, and then he's in the coat. Then you actually see him. What an entrance, though. What an entrance. Yeah, so wait, this is a kid. This is, um, it's narrated by Michael Fassbender, who is this sort of outlaw slash bounty hunter who meets up with this kid who um, has come over to America to track down this girl he's in love with. Um, And it turns out that the girl and her dad are wanted because the reason that they ran to America in the first place is because there was an incident and the, uh, what's his, Jay is the boy, his uncle who was like a, a lord ends up dead. And so... Rose's dad, played by Game of Thrones is the Hound, is wanted for for murder, and they're, actually they're both wanted. And so um, Michael Fassbender meets up with this kid, and when he knows that, you know, they're wanted, and the, and the bounty is something like $2,000, which in today's money is like, you know, like 60 grand or something like that, he decides, you know, he acts as 
like, oh, I'm going to protect you, kid. But really, it's I want you to lead me to this chick and her dad so I can, you know, get the money. Yeah, man, I I really like this movie. I thought it was probably my favorite Mendo movie to this date. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I was really entertained. I, I'm a sucker for Westerns, so... Yeah, I really liked it. I liked how, you know, we meet this, like, <laughs> like, Jay, the poor little motherfucker Jay. Like, he is just so stupid. Oh, he's really dumb. He's so dumb. Like, you know, he tries to leave Michael Fassbender because he's like, I don't know. Like, I want to do this on my own. Then he meets this guy. Then the guy, like, f- totally fucks him over, takes his horse and everything. And then Michael Fassbender's like, dude, like, what the fuck? And then, like, I don't know, just the stuff that he does. And then, like, Michael Fassbender's like, dude, trust me. Like, when he ties him up, because, like, when they finally get to Rose and the Hound, Michael Fassbender's like, hey, I got you. And then he ties him up to a tree. And then he's like, dude, you got to stay here. Just just trust me. And, of course, like, what does the motherfucker do? He doesn't trust him. So what does he do? He runs all the way to the house. And there's, like, a Mendo's crew, like, tries to, like, kill Rose and her dad. And kill dad. Rest in peace, the Hound. And so, like, Rose is just, like, sitting there in the house with the gun, like, shooting everyone. Total badass. And then, like, Jay runs in the house and she shoots him without even... She didn't even know it was him. She just thought it was, like, some asshole trying to kill her. So she kills Jay. (laughs) This is what I love is because this whole movie is, like... I mean, first of all, it's only, like, an hour and, like, 25 minutes. It was incredibly short Mm -hmm. for movies today, which was nice. But... She told it's not like she shoots him and immediately realizes what she's done. She, yeah, she shoots, goes shoots on him and then like 10 minutes later she's like, "Oh shit." And it's hilarious because like this whole movie like it's him like pining over this chick and telling, you know, it's this whole like romanticized thing even though we see in flashbacks that she has flat out told him, "I lo- I think of you as a brother." <laughs> And it's like, she's like, yeah, man, like, you're like the brother I never had. And he's like, come on, you you know, that's not true. And she's like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, God. And then, I don't know, like, just the way that he would talk about her and everything. And then, like, after, because Michael Fassbender shot a couple times. I thought that, um, I thought he was dead. Like, I was really sad because I really liked him. But then, like, he goes in the house and they kind of, like, surround Jay. And then he's like, oh, yeah. He really loved you. And she's like, ah, his heart was in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, I kind of love that because this is like normally like that's not the ending this kind of movie had. And much as I like didn't particularly enjoy the rest of this movie, I I did like that it wasn't, oh, no, I really, you know, I in the end, I realized that I really loved him, too. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that in this movie. Yeah. So, uh, real quickly on, like, Mendo's character. So, Celias. No, no, that's that's Michael Fassbender. Payne. Mendo Payne. Yeah, he's, like, the leader of this other, like, this outlaw gang that Michael Fassbender used to be a part of. And so he comes, like, when Jay and Michael Fassbender are in the woods, like, Mendo comes out wearing the... The most ridiculous coat I've ever seen. It's this gigantic, like, mangy-ass fur coat. And I have to say, one of the reasons I love Ben Mendelsohn so much is if you look up, like, the the Sundance photos from this movie, 
Like he's totally just wearing it like to the premiere of this movie. And then he's so dirty in the coat too. Like he just kind of like he like walks around in a circle or something, and then he's just like with the cigar in his mouth. Like God, he's just so dirty. I love it. Yeah, and he like he's he, you know, it's it's fun. Like there's nothing in this scene that he says or does that is overtly threatening. But he's so goddamn menacing. And he's basically just coming. He's like, okay, give me some coffee, which they don't have because they drink tea. And I'll give you cigars and absinthe. (laughs) And then, yeah, he's talking to Michael Fassbender. And he's like, yeah, man, I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to get Rose. But how he knows that they're after these specific people is not clear at any point in this movie. It's sort of like they're almost, there's something very stark in this movie, like not just like in terms of, well, it's a Western so you know, there's a lot of wide open space, but even beyond that, it's almost this sort of like surrealist thing where everybody in this movie in any way is like connected with, with this story with like going after Rose and her dad. Well, I think they all just like want the money. Cause remember when he first sees like the wanted poster and remember when like the pastor, the guy dressed up as a pastor kind of looks at him. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm saying is it's like nobody else in the world exists. Yeah, it looks it's like just them like in the world. Everything everything is always so empty. It's like this one trading post that they come to at one point and there's a, like while they while they're coming in there's this guy coming out and he shows up later in the movie as a guy who's also after this bounty. And where and they're in this trading post like this this like Scandinavian couple comes in and tries to rob the place and um you know, the, the owner kills one of them and then Jay ends up killing the woman. And then they found out that they, this couple have two little kids and those two little kids end up with Payne's gang somehow. It's, there, it's something very strange and it fits in with all these, like we see these, like both these flashbacks, but also these weird dream sequences. And so there's this not, I don't know. It's, it's almost this sort of like, magical realism type like premise where there's something really like strangely unreal about this entire world it just seems creepy like i think that was like probably like the main gist of like this like they wanted it to seem like very because it's like it i agree that there really wasn't anyone like when they went to the forest like obviously there were like native american people that lived there because I feel like that's who they were kind of going or Michael Fassbender because like the guy in the beginning that got killed by Michael Fassbender, like he was going after Native Americans. And yeah, like I'm trying to think like where this could have been like realistically, like what time for like obviously, you know, like what time frame, but like where this could have been because it was so deserted. But 
I don't know. Like, I felt like it made it, like, even, like, more, like, creepier, which was something that I kind of liked because it's, I don't know. Like, you would think of, like, a Western movie, like, there's, like, people everywhere. But, no, this was, like, there was, like, really no one. And everyone kind of knew each other, too. Like, the ending was weird. Like, how just Michael Fassbender rose and, like, the, the two kids, like, they just end up, like, living in that house together. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, good for Michael Fassbender. Yeah, it's, you know? like, this weird, like fairy tale quality where because everything is uh you know it's 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 the west and everything is super wide open and yet you never you never seem to see anything from afar it's like all of a sudden there's a group of people like right in front of you or all of a sudden there's a house right in front of you yeah yeah and then uh, it was weird because in the middle of the movie jay has a dream where it's like he's in the house but it's rose and michael fassbender and like rose like it insinuates that her and michael fassbender get together and they have a kid so then you go to the very end of the movie and like they live in the house together so like does that mean that like they're together what what does that mean like i that kind of like confused me but it's very yeah it's very straight there's this like almost like mystical element to it that I was not expecting from this movie. Yeah, it was. And then at the very end, they show all the people that were killed. From like the end to the very beginning. They just show like the dead bodies, which is, I don't know. I don't think I've seen that in the movie before. Like I just, I didn't get the significance of that. Yeah, they're going, they're going for something that I don't quite think they reach in terms of I feel very very much this movie was like saying something but I have no idea what it was saying yeah I don't know I I feel like the whole mystery aspect of it is like kind of like the reasons why like I enjoyed it so much because I just I didn't really know what was going it wasn't one of those movies where it's like I feel like I need to know the plot of it or I need to know information about it before watching it because like sometimes when I would watch these Mendo movies like I needed to know what happened next because like I just was like either like really creeped out or really like curious and like it was keeping me at a level where it's like I want to know what happens to these characters without having to look it up like I want to know what happens next without you know wanting to like grab my Mm -hmm. phone like it was I was like hooked it was interesting But, but yeah, I don't know. I I thought Mendo obviously Mendo did good. I I liked the coat. I think that obviously more Mendo would have been good, but the amount of Mendo we got in this was, you know, appropriate for the type of character he was. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, I mean, you know, like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's just over an hour, 20 minutes and it's on Netflix. So if you have some time to kill, I mean, it's, I didn't like, it's not one I'm ever going to go back to, but. Oh yeah. Mendo died. Oh yeah. What's the count to now? Like four out of the five movies that we've seen? Yeah, four out of the five movies, I think. Because Una's the only one he doesn't die in, right? The one he should have fucking died in the most. So your options are dead or pedophile. <laughs> dead or alive. <laughs> uh, 
Well, hopefully the next one. Do you have any ideas of what the next month, oh, a monthly Monday movie? Um, should I'm not be? sure. I gotta take a look on like on Netflix and Amazon and see what's available right now. Because like Slow West mm-hmm. just came onto Netflix. Oh really? Yeah, like it had been on before, but it had been off for a while. Because I know because I looked for it like a couple months ago and it wasn't there. Um, oh shit! So I want to see. I want to see what's on and what's not. Um. I want to find something with a little bit more Mendo, so I don't want to do like Killing Them Softly or, or Place Behind the Pines yet, because he's in okay. that. Like, I mean, he's in those, but again, it's it's not like a ton. So we'll see. Okay. I wanna I wanna see how much screen time he has in Lost River, where he's playing the creepy serial killer. If he's in that one a lot, we'll do that one. If not, I'll find something else. Yeah, that sounds good. I can't wait. I'm really enjoying this uh, monthly Monday movie segment. Like, it's, I really, I love it. It's fun. Yeah. I love going through Mendo's art. When are we going to watch Rogue One? I don't know. At some point. It'll be a fun one. We should, like, maybe that could be, like, our holiday episode where we <laughs> watch Rogue One. We have a little wine and discuss Mendo in Rogue One. I thought we were going to do a drunk watch of the holiday special. We're going to do drunk everything. Well, yeah, we can do that too. But yeah. Do you ever like, okay, do you ever find a difference between wine drunk and like alcohol, like beverage drunk? I think there's difference sort of between a lot of alcohol in terms of how it affects me. Yeah. I agree. But anyways, we have email. We do. Plural. And I'll read the first one, and that is from Adele. Yay, and it is hypothetical question. So, I've been pondering this since Revenge of the Sith came out, and I would love to hear your thoughts. What would have happened if Anakin died at the end of the movie? Would Palpatine have just used less powerful pawns? How integral was Vader himself to the rise of the Empire after the movie? Can we just blame the whole fucking mess on Obi-Wan refusing to put him in with no limbs burning to death out of his misery? Hmm. Good question. I feel like... Yeah, I've... It's it's difficult because a lot of things could have happened by the time that Anakin would have died. Like Palpatine maybe could have been able to realize that Anakin had children and he would have been probably easily able to find the children because come on, one of them's on fucking Tatooine and one of them is one of, you know yeah, yeah. with the senator, you know. One like, of them is on Tatooine and has the last name Skywalker. I think that would have been, like, really scary if, like, Palpatine really did. Either, like, he probably, like, I don't know what his thought process would have been. I don't know if he would have just taken the kids or, like, killed them. Probably kill one of them, take the other one. I don't know. I don't know what goes through that sick fucker's head. But I feel like Palpatine would have had lots of contingency plans. Because obviously, like, I mean, Obi-Wan could have killed Anakin. Like... Palpatine would have had to been prepared for a situation where that happens. 
I think Obi-Wan Kenobi, though, is incapable of killing someone because he just chops off limbs. Like, he did that with Maul. He did that with Anakin. Like, I just, I think that's his weakness is that he can't kill people. Yeah, but you're not going to, you're not going to, like, you're not going to put all your eggs in one basket for something like taking over the galaxy. Yeah. And, I mean, Vader is good to have in terms of He's sort of like your your boogeyman, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can have that kind of like scariness, but he wasn't even like. I mean, he's not even like. It's not like right away. He's totally the right hand, like top enforcer and stuff. Like even just in the you know in this um, Darth Vader annual that just came out. Palpatine is like, hey, Vader, you have to listen to whatever Tarkin tells you to do. <laughs> and so I think what yeah, like, I think he would have, you know, he would have found somebody else. It might have delayed some of his plans some, but he doesn't he doesn't necessarily need a dark force user to get done what he wants to get done. Like, he's already in control of the galaxy at this point. Like, Vader Vader yeah. helps in terms of, again, like, he's this scary, like, menace that people are, are you know, super afraid of. But he's, he's not vital. Yeah. And then I think of, like, the gamble it must have been for Anakin. Like, think about it. If, like, someone comes up to you and says, hey, like, I can save your wife. Like, the person that means, like, the fucking most to you. And, of course, like, Anakin did that because he wanted to save Padme. He got so screwed over in this. Like, and, you know, then now that you mentioned that he has to, you know, listen to everything that Tarkin says. Like, he went into this thinking that, okay, like, he was the second man in charge. You know? Cool beans, whatever. But he's like nothing to the empire. Like he's just there, like kind of secret weapon, like the, like the boogeyman you said, like, that's just, that would be like a really shitty feeling. Knowing that you've lost everything and you're not even important to this empire. You're relatively unknown. Well, I mean, I feel like after you murder a whole bunch of kids and betray all your friends and everybody you ever did for something that turns out to have not gotten you what you want after all anyway. Assuming you don't just kill yourself, you're fueled by enough like rage and whatever else that it's just going to be, okay, this is just my life now. And he definitely is so definitely, sad. Like, pissed off. When, when Tarkin is, you know, like, put in charge of him. Yeah. I, it's not fucking sad. Fuck him. <laughs> I agree, but I just think it's, like, you know, it's the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker, you know? It's still something that's, like, still hard to see. Like, I know that, you know, obviously, like, he did everything to himself. Like, he was an abusive, you know, like, he fucking I mean, killed so no, many people. Like, I think if you, like, when you kill a whole bunch of kids and betray your friends I don't want you to see I don't want to see that guy get what he wants to mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it just it's it's sad only because, you know, like this person had so much potential in the very beginning. Like, you know, you find like Qui-Gon found this kid on Tatooine and he thought he, you know, was the chosen one. And then like years later it ends up being like, you know, killing almost all of the Jedi Order. But then at the very end, killing the Emperor and be like, okay, like it's fine now. Like the balance is back, you know? Like it's just it's so sad, like how all of that had to happen because of this prophecy. Why don't listen to prophecies? They're always dumb. Very good. But yeah, thank you, Adele. Hope hope you're doing okay. I hope you aren't having any more porg nightmares. That made me really sad. And yeah, um, Rusty posted a, a cute picture of me and Carlos in Autotopia, and she was like, "Hey, is that Autotopia?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the ride Emily's riding one day." Not. <laughs> going to happen anything could happen emily anything sure tell you tell you what pay me five hundred dollars i'll go in autotopia i'm winning the lottery <laughs> all right um next one's from Robo. uh he titles this resistance trailer looks okay i guess fuck mary kill planets <laughs> <sighs> okay we did we did ask people how, what they thought of resistance and that is like the most fucking like it's such a like, that answer just like the fact that you would email that makes me laugh a lot it's the most robo answer um so does he want us to like list planets and see if we'd fuck marry or kill them yeah we're gonna need some specific planets okay i'll name some okay we have naboo we have uh moncala which is where all the Moncarol Calamari, Calamari, whatever live, and um, Dakar, where the Resistance base was in uh, Force Awakens. Which ones? Well, here's the thing: is I don't know why they're just go strictly based on the planets, like themselves and sort of their environment and stuff, or or whether to go by. Whether I like the stuff that happened there. Or was it all interested in this story there? I think that's what I'm going by. Well, I, I go by like the like a mixture of everything. Like the environments, what I like most about the planets. You know, like what planets I am most interested by. Because I, I think I already have my answers. Okay, then you go first. So I would uh, kill Dakar. I want to make sure that the rebel base isn't there anymore because, like, I like the rebels. Like, they need to go somewhere better. Um, I'd fuck Mount Kala because water. And I'd marry Naboo whoa, because Naboo. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> can't just say I would fuck it because water. As, because I, I want to marry Naboo. If that's a, like, are you really, like, are you like, is there something particularly like you find sexy about water? <laughs> something you find unmarriable about water? You can't, that's not like something I'm just going to allow to pass. Well, because it's like I'd marry Naboo because Naboo is so like, there's parts of it so prestige and, you know, pretty. Like, I, I love Naboo. Okay, I love but that's not that's tea. not okay. I'm not. Arguing but that's why I would marry that. something. Yeah, that's fine. My question is: You said you would fuck this planet because water. 
Well, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, I really, like, I don't know, like, how or why I'd want to fuck a play. Like, because it's like, like, I want it because... When I think about wanting to fuck a planet, I don't think about because it's like Moncala, so there's a bunch of Moncala army there. Mount Calamari. Mon Calamari. Like I don't want to fuck one of the like I don't find Adwell Akbar sexy. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, but we're not we're not gonna we're not talking about species, we're talking about the planet. Yeah, but those are that's the species on the planet. Like if you're gonna fuck the planet, you're gonna fuck the species. Maybe. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never had any water sexual experiences. So. What about you, Emily? What about uh, what planets okay. are most, most divine? I'm going to kill Naboo because I don't care about Naboo. Okay. Um, Monka, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I, besides watching that, those couple Clone Wars episodes, which were okay. Like, I liked all the underwater scenes. I thought it was some of the best animation on the show. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. So, I guess, fuck Moncala. And then marry Dakar. I don't know. I don't know what it means to marry or fuck. A planet. I know what it means. Like killing a planet easily enough. Totally understandable. Death Star. Boom. Planet's gone. Yeah, Robo. We need you to send another email to describe uh, what fucking a planet means. <laughs> but anyways, thank you, Robo. Um, if you guys like Robo, he has a podcast and he is on the Robo Report on uh, Steel Wars Patreon. And it's really good. You should check it out. And if you're also on the Blue Harvest Patreon, he does uh, he does a series with Haas where they play an old RPG tabletop game. It's really fun. Check it out. And the Wookie Genome Project. He does that, too. Um, we have next email from Jim. And I'll read it. Okay. Fun. Star Wars Resistance. Dear Kendo by Pod, I've admitted to liking a lot of things in my emails I probably shouldn't be proud of. For example, Miller Lite, Ezra Bridger, and eating pork. <laughs> Damn. Today's probably the worst one. I used to be a NASCAR fan. Oh. I say used to because while I still enjoy racing, I can't get into NASCAR like I used to for numerous reasons. One of the things is I always enjoyed with the sport was that it, it really founded out pro prohibition and the first real drivers were guys who ran liquor on the back of their cars they didn't hide this fact the cops knew who it was and his roots so it used to be okay the cops knew who it was and the roots they used so it was just about pure speed if you never get caught with liquor in your truck you're fine I think it would really be cool for them to use some of these ideas in resistance series the idea that you're not hiding what you're doing like smugglers you're just faster than the other guys that is a racing uh, that this is a racing is a way to get out of a dirt poor life in a dirt poor town or that is not everyone makes it out. Anyways, just something I hope to see, but I can't wait to watch it with my kids. Keep up the great work. Your Canto Bitch Jim. P.S. If you'd like to learn more about the true birth of NASCAR and its connection with the Irish potato family, <laughs> then I suggest reading Driving with the Devil, Southern, Southern Moonshine, Detroit Wheels, and the Birth of NASCAR by Neil Thompson. Fascinating. Oh, first of all, I'm going to say 
uh, be a fan of whatever you're a fan of. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Like, as long as the thing you're a fan of is not, like, overtly harmful or hateful in some way. I watch all sorts of stupid shit. Like, I watched, like, like half my weekend was watching Forged in Fire, a competition show where people make knives. <laughs> it, it is not a good show, but it's, like, taking a, like, warm bath. Like, it's just relaxing. Yeah, and I only laughed about NASCAR because, like, I don't really know a lot of people who, like, say they're, like, NASCAR fans anymore, yeah, you know? So, like, I think it's funny. huge. Like, NASCAR still is, like, you know, it's it's immensely popular. I just, like, I just, I think of, like, people who really like NASCAR. I can think of them in, like, the trucker hat, like, like in, like, I don't know. Like, it just, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. But I mean, cool. Like, whatever you, whatever you like, like, cool. I support you through your NASCAR and knife dreams. But, I, but no, I do like the idea that it's not like it's not like you said, it's not about smuggling. Mm-hmm. It's about being a better pilot and being a faster pilot. Yeah. Especially when it's like, hey, we know what all the rebel ships or the resistance ships look like because they all use the same type of fighter then it's probably pretty easy to spot them it's not like smuggling and so yeah it'll be interesting to see what direction they go through in terms of like what their actual missions are going to be yeah but i don't know i'm also excited that you know jim mentioned that he's excited to watch this with his kids like again like i think that's cute that you know parents are able to you know watch this with their kids and everything like how exciting it must be for them to you know introduce or i know probably jim's kids are really into star wars but like the thought of a parent like introducing their kid to star wars for the first time like by this show like i think that's really cool yeah i mean because we have lots of friends with young kids and so i think Mm -hmm. it's it's nice to have something you can watch with them Mm -hmm. As opposed to being like Peppa Pig or some shit that you want no part of. That's crazy. But yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. But yeah. Thank you, Jim, for the email. Um, And we have a voicemail from the king of all times. Yay. Memorable one was Ah, and it started in the middle of it. Let me try that again. Hey, Bruno and Linda, it's King Tom. So, I have to weigh in on something you guys were talking about last week or the week before. Uh, You were talking about candy corn. (laughs) It's not that good. It's not the worst Halloween candy. It's not that good. The worst Halloween candy are those, I think they're called Mallow Creep. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, those are pretty bad. Even if when I was eight years old, if I didn't eat a whole bunch of them, throw them up right after. But they'd still be pretty good. The second nastiest Halloween candy is those little candy mini bars made out of sesame seeds. Utterly nasty. But now while I got Halloween on the brain, I have a kind of Star Wars-related question to ask. Have you, have either of you ever dressed up or wanted to dress up as anything Star Wars-related for Halloween? I know I did a bunch of times when... I was a little kid. My most memorable memorable one was, and my mother got me one of those El Cheapo 
Halloween costumes that came in the box. It had a very thin plastic mask and a yellow and black smock that said Darth Vader. Uh, and a few years ago, I, uh, I had a, a little black vest and a white shirt, and I wore a fake mustache, and I said I was Lando Calrissian at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, um, which many people didn't get when you know I was taking my kids around trick-or-treating. But yeah, that, that's what I, I've been Star Wars related for Halloween. You know, my kids are trying to think of things this Halloween, and I'm letting them be what they want. Might have Spider-Man, might have Finn. I don't know yet. Have a, but curious about you and your experience. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. Um, down with Mallow Creams and yeah, kind of candy corn too. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, King Tom. Okay. I'm glad that you agree that candy corn and those little candy because that's what I forgot to mention that last week was about those candy pumpkin things. Like, they, no offense, mild cream like, pumpkins I, I love are delicious. Things. They're basically just a different form of candy corn, and they're very tasty. And yeah, you don't eat them until you you throw them up because they're incredibly sweet. It's like eating packets full of sugar. You eat like three of them, and they're delicious. And then you stop eating them. Although I know those little sesame bars he's talking about, and they're fucking gross. Let me look that up. I don't think sesame bars candy. They're like one of those like sesame super brittle? cheap like. Oh, like sesame snaps. Oh God, what? That's not even candy. That's just sesame seeds. Like you. Candy's supposed to... Ugh, never mind. Uh, but Star Wars costumes. Emily, um, are you going to be a Star Wars character this Halloween? I don't... I don't dress up for Halloween. <laughs> I feel like we discussed I'm that I'm an adult year. and I don't have kids. Like... Out. Yeah. I, I'm an adult. I don't have kids and I live in the city and, like... And I, it's not like I'm in a high-rise where kids are, like, trick-or-treating even within their building. So... There's, there's nothing for me to dress up for. Yeah, I was supposed to go to a Halloween party last year, so I'm like, I'm going to be Darth Jar Jar, but then that never happened. So I just have like a back cloak and a Jar Jar mask, and now it's hanging up in the garage. But um, I was kind of like... But I did love... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. You go. You go. I was going to say, like to mention the... And this is something I don't I don't know if they do this anymore with because costumes seem to be like better these days. But definitely when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, your costume would say what it wasn't. Like if you were going as Spider-Man, it wouldn't be like, oh, here's a Spider-Man costume. It's oh, here's a Spider-Man mask and like a shirt that has like a and or like a like a plastic shirt that has like a picture of Spider-Man on the front of it. You know, like Spider-Man wore all the time. It was so strange. <laughs> like the the Barbie costumes were the same way. You could buy like a Barbie like mask and dress, but the dress would have like Barbie, Barbie on, it, on yeah. it. It's very weird. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what Star Wars costumes I've had in the past. I've been. I was a clone trooper in fifth grade. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sucked because, like, obviously, like, they didn't have any, like, Star Wars costumes because, like, some Star Wars was hopping again. So it was, like, a child's extra large, and I was, like, a little fifth grader. So it was kind of, like, swimming on me, but still, I was really happy that I was a clone trooper. I thought that was, like, badass because, like, no one really I went to school with knew what Star Wars was except for, like, two other people. So, And 
I don't know. I'm I'm like always like joking around with like Carlos, like if we want to like do like a couple's costume for Halloween this year because we might go to some Halloween parties. And I was looking up porgs on Amazon and I saw a porg costume and he's like, I could be Chewbacca and you could be the porg. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. So maybe I'll do that. But I don't know. I'm thinking something Star Wars this year, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I ever did any Star Wars costumes when I was a kid. Hmm. I remember seeing someone dressed up as Queen Amidala and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> like someone like it was like I was like in like sixth grade and it was like an eighth grader. And like I could tell that like no one knew who she was because everyone was just like looking at her. But I'm like, I knew. But I thought that like take takes balls because it's like a lot of costume to wear. Like you have to do your face yeah. all white. You have to do like the, you know, the the headpiece and everything too. Like that's a lot of work. But I don't know. But um, I'm glad that King Tom chimed in on the Halloween candy conversation, and I liked his uh, <laughs> costume ideas. But yeah, thank you for the voicemail, and. Emily, happy one-year anniversary. Oh, yeah. Last week, we hit one year of the show. Yep. One year. Which is pretty cool. I know. A year with Emily. It's been a great year. It's my longest relationship. Aww. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Emily hasn't broken up with me yet, guys. We're still here. Yet. <laughs> yet. Uh, but... Yeah, happy one year. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here with you. Me too. What's like the the one year like wedding anniversary gift? Like, isn't it like eating like the cake at like the wedding cake or something? Or like, isn't it like you have to get something like a uh, gold or bronze or silver or some shit? Well, gold is like fiftieth. Oh, well, I can't wait for that one. Uh, <laughs> first year is paper. Paper. I'll write you a letter. <laughs> okay I'll send it to you but yeah yeah um so you know again thanks for everybody who emailed if you want to email us it's cantobitepod at gmail.com you know send us your thoughts on Star Wars news or your thoughts on Halloween candy apparently or you know our show's talks about just about anything so there you go um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. Please rate and review us on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. And Brittany, you are at CantoBrit on Twitter and Brittany the Ginger on Instagram. Great. Uh, anything else? No, I think we covered it all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Canto Bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Canto Bitch. Brittany the Ginge and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Candle Bitch number one. All my girls at-
can't tote brick. They got the goods and I just can't quit. How do you become a bitch like me? Podcast, you gotta download CBD. Send emails, just listen and chill. Give them some names to fuck, Mary kill. Ask them a question or send a top three. Mine is Lindo, Brittany, and me. They want a bang and a refresher. Asajj, Ventress, and Kylo Ren, yo. We'll have Tarkin and, of course, Mendo. Send a shout to the Porgs and a Rustin Brown. And Emily's dad straight putting it down. Every week, my girls be getting it done. I should know I've been down since day one.